1: Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K. from NJ Advanced Media. Welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on NJ.com slash Eagles, bookmark that. And you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss the Eagles' loss to the Browns, the ongoing Going, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz saga. And we'll try to, you know, siph through this uh, this lack of triumph and try to find some truffles, some guys that stood out in this week 11 loss. I know that's not really, you know, that's not really what you came for. You came for, for the hardcore, in-depth uh, you know, ripping of a team that looks just completely awful. But we're going to try to find some positives in this whole little thing. Anyway, Chris... With that said, how you doing today?
0: You know, I, I'm i still trying to wrap my hands around how this team still was able to go ahead and keep this the score kind of close, but still yet yeah, look so bad. I mean, feels like it feels like we're back in the uh, mid-90s, watching the Eagles in the mid-90s, man. How are you doing?
1: I mean, fine. I mean, look, it's one of those things where covering this team is just they find new ways to lose every single week and ever even those new ways feel similar. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I think the Eagles just aren't a very good football team. I mean, you know, I thought the defense played very well for three and a half quarters. Um, (laughs) The offense really didn't do much to, you know, pay it forward. And this was just one of those games, look, gross weather. Uh, They couldn't put a whole game together. Not much to our surprise, and they lost. I mean, this was the score was 2217, but you know, really, towards the end of that fourth quarter, it never felt that close. They obviously scored you could, I guess you could call it garbage time, but I, I feel like you know, no disrespect to anybody, but when the Eagles play, it does always feel like garbage time at, at this season. and I just look, they're a bad team. You know what I mean? Like they're a bad team. This—that's what this team is. They're three, six, and one, and they're every bit the record that they have. Frankly, they—I mean—if you really look at it, outside of their beatdown of Ben DiNucci, uh they probably could still be—you know—one and I mean, like they could be a one-win team right now. Realistically, you could talk about how close all the other games are, but this is just a bad team right now.
0: Yeah, the way this roster is currently constructed right now, the way that you the poor decision making, I think that's the biggest key. I I mean, you look at the way that you look at some of the decisions, whether it be play calling, whether it be the executional field, or just the lapse in in being disciplined. As simple stuff as we seems like we talk all the time of jumping off sides or going ahead and not and, and not picking up assignment, blocking assignments. It's little things like that that continue to act like paper cuts and keeps cutting on this uh, proverbial skin of this team and you would think by now they would have figured this stuff out and I mean, you constantly keep hearing oh wow we've got to figure it out and yet here we are again talking about the same things over and over again I mean, man i mean how do you fix a lot of this stuff
1: i don't know it seems like there's a lot that needs to be fixed and that's uh, that's i think part of the problem you know th- th- we're still six game we still, this team this season still has six games left and uh We're all trying to find answers. The Eagles are clearly trying to find answers because if they had those answers, the product wouldn't be as terrible on the field. Uh, Look, I think there is talent on this team. Uh, I don't think they're playing as a, as a unit. I don't think that, you know, like we, I, I brought it up earlier, but there were some really positive moments in this game and positive performances from players. And it's just like, they can't put it together. And, Look, Doug Peterson has done a really good job of keeping this team together uh, through 10 games. It doesn't seem like they all want to, like, elbow each other and and fight each other and all this other stuff. But when you look at stuff like, uh, I mean, last year and the year before, he really kept them together. And they felt like an entire team and they felt like a group. And they fought and they turned things around. I'm wondering if maybe last year was one too many turnarounds and it delayed some inevitable changes that needed to happen to both this coaching staff and this roster. And now they're paying the price for it. Um, You know, there are some older guys who are still delivering. Jason Kelsey still playing relatively well. Brandon Graham is having a career year. Uh, Malik Jackson's played well. Uh, Darius Slay, while he's a little bit older. They just brought him in. He's playing well you know, Lane Johnson's playing well when healthy. It still kind of feels like there are some older dudes on this team that just are, are, you know, around. And there are younger guys who aren't seeing development because of that. But then in turn, you have a quarterback who's in his fifth season and he's regressing to the point where you're like, what do you have here? Because look, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a, a good team. That's basically what it is in the NFL right now. And Right now, the Eagles have a bottom five quarterback. Carson Wentz is not playing well. You can get defensive about people saying that he's mediocre all you want. He's been mediocre. He's been bad. He's leading the league in turnovers. He's got 18 turnovers in 10 games. 18 turnovers in 10 games. Uh, He leads the league in interceptions. He's taken 40 sacks. Uh, His completion percentage is hovered under 60 all season. The Eagles have only won one game by more than two scores once they haven't won a game during the day they are football vampires and frankly they suck
0: <laughs> you like that that was a good that was a good, good analogy That was.
1: I, I mean I, you like that yeah but um look Chris I, let's start with the quarterback okay because that's where everything starts the quarterback and the head coach right the right. head coach is billed as this guru and this quarterback expert they're building a Quote unquote, I'm doing the quote fingers, uh, QB factory. It's more like a factory of sadness. And <laughs> look, Doug Peterson after this game came out and said that he never thought about benching Carson Wentz. He said there's no question that he's the starting quarterback moving forward. Carson Wentz had two interceptions in this game. He took five sacks, including one that led to a safety. He gave the defense nine points off a pick six and a safety as you hear my dog scratching away because uh, his it's head scratching to him as well and he doesn't even speak English Um, you know I, I and he doesn't watch football either he was in the other room with my kid the entire game but <laughs> I mean at what point can you bet like here's the thing I don't want to ask this question because I think you and I are, are like gonna get in this philosophical debate and maybe it's for like, the next show. But it, what? Like, what's the point where you say, look, enough, this kid needs to reset. You're being benched just to kind of, you know, figure stuff out. Brian Flores benched Tua Tunga-Vailoa today after the kid was undefeated in his previous starts and balling. You know, at some point you have to say, look, this this quarterback needs to take a, a step back, whether he's been playing for... One year, for two games, for five seasons, for 12 seasons. You have to reassess. And at this point, they spent a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts. If they if they saw the upside there and they thought he was that good, why is he not so projected to be better than the guy who's leading the league in turnovers and sacks taken through 10 games?
0: See, the, thing, the time to bench Carson, even if you did it, was going to be last at the at halftime last game against the Giants. I think there's there's ways you can go ahead and still have him. You can still bench him and still say he's your starting quarterback. I still think that's still very much possible. I wouldn't have mind. I, yeah, seriously. Think last thought last week was the right time to do that. He, he could have done it again this week as well too. Could, could have made the change at least to provide a spark. And I know that he's the quote unquote franchise guy in the in in the eyes of the team and. He's a supposed leader and everything, but you cannot continually go out there and have bad performances and then just excuse it away. There has to be some form of accountability against him. He can't continue to go ahead and throw. I, 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 remember Doug says, oh, there's no easy throws in the, in the NFL? Well, that was an easy throw, a swing pass. Even with a guy in face, that should be for a guy who's supposed to be a franchise quarterback, a top-10 quarterback coming in this year that everybody kept saying. That's a throw he has to make. And don't forget the open Jalen Rager that he had as well, too, like on that quick corner route. He was open as well, too. He just completely missed that. I don't know. I wish I knew what was going through between his ears right now. I don't know if Carson Wentz really is that fragile. His confidence is that fragile at this point right now, where they're afraid that if he's benched, he's basically lost. It reminds me a lot of Joe Flacco. It, he Right now, that whole, is he an is he elite? Well, obviously right now, Lynch is not elite. But it, he reminds me so much of Joe Flacco right now in the middle of his career. And he's only five years into And when he's only five years into it, it's just... I, I, I don't know what this... And he keep putting him in positions. We kept hearing Doug smugly say, oh, we're going to roll him. We may roll him out. You know, he does well and we'll, we'll get on it. Well, I didn't see that many rollouts today and look what happened. So they have... It, it, we always hear the quarterback and a the coach their, their careers go hand in hand with one another. Well, right now we, we see the result of what they're doing right now. And it's just flat out. Not good. It's I mean, do. you Would you bench them right now?
1: Well, here's the thing. Doug Peterson's not going to bench him, right? As long as they're, they've got the lead in the NFC East, but you know, barring a tie between Washington and Dallas on Thanksgiving and the Giants now losing to the boroughless Bengals uh the eagles are going to have to beat the seattle seahawks a team that they historically have struggled against for over a decade um for almost a decade i should say that that like i mean i the game's at night so i guess the vampires can strike i I guess like that's a shot yeah and the (laughs) seahawks defense is atrocious that won't do mean anything they still have to put up with dk metcalf and the ghost of russell wilson and you know, I guess he's the ghost the ghost of Christmas past, future, and present. But um, you know, here's the thing: Doug Peterson, by not benching Wentz uh for right or wrong, puts him at risk. There is a target on his back because Howie Roseman in the front office, and whoever was in that in that on that decision, whether Doug Peterson was in on that decision or not handpick this kid in the second round to be a contingency plan and an insurance policy for Carson Wentz. That is a fact. There's no other reason to take a quarterback that high. It, it's a fact. And they did it at the expense of Wentz who needed more playmakers surrounding him and instead decided to spend that asset on an insurance plan by saying that hurts is it, by saying that he, benching Carson Wentz would send the wrong message to the locker room and signify that the season is over is essentially saying that Jalen Hurts is not ready to play or he's not good enough to play better than the guy who is throwing intercept, coughing up turnovers at a league-leading rate. That is a bold statement by his inaction, right? So you're saying, look, if Jalen Hurts was that good and you liked him that much and you said to yourself you didn't want another Clayton Thorson and you have him active – Every single week as the backup quarterback, with Wentz slumping the way he is, playing at an alarmingly terrible level, why not bench Wentz for Hertz? I'm not saying that he's the answer for Seattle, but the defiance of the move does signify that they don't think that Jalen Hurts is ready to play better than Carson Wentz is currently. Because if he was, look, the defense goes up against Hertz on scout team Literally every week, the defense played their ass off in this game and had nothing to show for it, largely because Carson Wentz coughed up nine points. So from there, you would think that maybe some guys on defense, especially some younger guys who who might not be used to this type of adversity coming from major programs, say to themselves, well, maybe Jalen Hurts should have a shot. What about Jalen Rager, who called him his brother, like almost immediately after they were drafted together, you know, this rookie class is very tight supposedly. And maybe, you know, they would like to see what, what Hertz has to offer after Carson's, you know, struggled to this point, they don't have any experience with him previously when they have been successful. I just think this locker room, a lot of the older guys here have also seen what Doug Peterson's been able to do with options outside of Carson Wentz. Right. And they've been successful. So what's, you know, if those veterans still believe in Doug Peterson, what's who's to say that they don't believe in him trans you know uh, transitioning another quarterback in there to be successful? Like to me, there's so many reasons why you'd make the move. I get why they're not, but like you get what I'm saying, right?
0: Yeah, but I think it was very telling when Brandon Graham had the chance during a post right. game press conference. I really thought it was very interesting that he said, "Well, I'll go. Whoever Doug decides to go with, we'll go with." That was a perfect opportunity to go ahead and back up his back up wince or throw his full support and Wentz, something like that. For he just said, "Whatever coach decides to do, that's what we'll go with." Yeah, not I thought much that of was an, very telling.
1: Not much of an endorsement, right?
0: Yeah, not at all. Not at all. So you're thinking like, "Hey, this guy's supposed to back. He's one of our captains," and you're saying, "Man, eh, whatever Doug thinks is goes goes." That's uh, that's a little concerning. And, and if I'm the defense, I'm. Pre- I know they'll never come out and say we're upset, unless I mean be nice to say that. But if I'm the defense, and I know I'm holding Cleveland down on only like 29 percent their or third downs, you're holding pretty much that run game in check for most of the day, and then all of a sudden you see the offense is giving up points, and you're sitting in the back and going, okay, here we go again. Try to bail them out. I'm feeling frustrated too. I wonder. I know they say they have those group chats, but there's probably those little per. Those separate texts that some guys send to other people and so, to, amongst each other and just go, man, should we stick with Carson or you think you go on this? You think we're going to ask about this? What we're going to say? It really makes me wonder. It truly makes me wonder what they're saying. that even even on a plane ride home amongst each other, it's bad.
1: Yeah, I mean that's not going to be a very fun plane ride. Obviously, I mean, uh, look, we should say the Browns did make some big plays. Uh, I thought um Richard Higgins played very well in this game I I thought the defense played very well Olivier Vernon was terrific uh he had three sacks uh there's two guys that I really want to talk about outside of ones who excuse me uh had their struggles pretty mightily Jason Peters uh looked like a shell of himself he was absolutely just dominated by Adrian Claiborne and Olivier Vernon on that left side I'm not sure what's going on there. At one point he had to leave for injury and then he came back and then he left again later on in the fourth quarter. Uh, Doug Peterson said that he didn't bench him. He said that Peters had the injury and just left uh, or moved to the sideline. I, I, I just don't know how you continue to play this guy. Look, Jordan Maylata gave up a sack right after he came into the game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Maylotta is perfect, but if you're going to take your lumps, don't you want to develop with those lumps, especially at three, six and one?
0: Well, I think you do. Also, it's tough coming off the bench cold like that. And you can see you can try to get as many mental reps as you can and just look and say, okay. and then you come in cold and you got a guy who's going like Olivier Vernon was going. And then you got to go ahead and match, match that speed and get used to the game speed as you've been sitting, standing around That's tough. I wonder, I really wonder if he was hurt, if there's another underlying injury that we don't know about again, because he looks like slow his kick. That kickback he usually go that that the tackles have to go ahead and try to set up in pass protection. He looked a little slow in that, and I think that really go ahead and and that's why he gave up a lot of pressures. It, it was it was rough to watch, and I question why the Eagles. I don't know why if Peterson or or the other guys when I mean, when it came to the adjustments, why not go ahead and ch- have Sanders chip him on the way out to the pass routes. So there's a couple times where Vernon, I think, on a couple of Vernon sacks where Sanders was going out to be the outlet. Why not throw a shoulder in real quick if it looks like if it looks like Peters is getting beat by that? I, mean, there are little things like that start to add up, and I'm I'm shocked that they didn't go ahead and do it. But at this point, I mean, if Peters has another injury whatsoever, I mean, you can't put if you put him on IR, he's done for a year. But and I don't and I don't think they'll ever do that to him unless it's something major. But that you never thought you go ahead and see you need help with that and. I still, I, and I'll admit this now, I wanted Peters in there and I still wanted him to go ahead and be that left tackle because he showed like he was okay. But today he proved me wrong big time. It was disappointing to see that. And I, I don't know what other moves you can really make. And I mean, you can move my lotta, but you have Lane Johnson who's having his issues with it when it comes to injury. So this team, this depth in this offensive line, especially at the edge of the tackles, is just, it's just bad. It's not just bad, it's just thin too. and Once again, it goes back to roster construction.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, um, look, if Peters is injured, then he shouldn't be playing, right? Uh, I mean, I don't really care about him going on IR. At this point, you know, if you're going to win, you want to win with the young kids. I I don't really see what what the benefit is if you're not, you know, really kind of getting the most out of your development while winning. Like, if you're going to develop these kids, and and try to win that's fine but if you're just trying to win at the expense of your future I'm not sure that that's the right move and frankly it's not working they've played a bunch of these older guys who've taken snaps away from the younger kids and they're losing so what's what's you know what's the end game there
0: but Um, do you think that some of these younger kids have the talent to be I I know you're gonna say probably say hey you know what you want to not to put words in your mouth but you say you want to see what they have but do you and in good phase, like when it comes to especially offensive line, do you think they have the young guns that are able to go ahead and step in for there and actually not get Wentz killed or whoever is back there at quarterback not get get them killed?
1: I'm not saying bench Kelsey. I'm not saying bench Lane Johnson, but I think left tackle is a pretty clear transitional position for this team. They tried it with Andre Dillard. They tried it with uh, Jordan Melata at various times and frankly it worked with melada for the most part uh they were successful with melada out there now the other guy that i want to talk about who has turned into a pumpkin over the last two weeks is travis fulgham right so they didn't target him until 8:55 left in the third quarter he went the entire fir- first half without being targeted now it's very hard to come in cold and not get targeted all game in a rainy weather situation and you know not get yourself going until that third quarter when you're just running routes. Um, He finished with one catch for eight yards on seven targets. He had a couple of drops, at least Uh, I would say he had three drops Uh, just looked like a shell of what we'd seen from him previously. And in the past two games, he's got two catches for 18 or for 16 yards. That's alarming. Um, I still don't think he's a flash in the pan. I don't think he's, Regress. I don't think it's anything like that I think he's seeing better coverage on defense I think he's seeing you know Denzel Ward a lot more he's seeing top defenders but it also kind of seems like the offense isn't game planned towards him and I don't really get it um you know Jalen Rager didn't really get targeted early on either it seemed like they wanted to really flow through Dallas Goddard Goddard had that beautiful 32 yard catch where Wentz looked like he was finding himself and kind of playing pretty well uh he finished with seven or five catches for 77 yards and a touchdown i just like i don't really know who their go-to guy is it just kind of seems like richard Rodgers finds a way to be that guy at the end of games because i mean i guess he just gets open but i don't know what they're doing at wide receiver greg ward was barely involved in the game plan um alshon jeffrey again catchless like what What's your take on the wide receiver position? What's your take on the tight end position? Zach Ertz is is in the midst of his 21 day practice window; can be activated over the next two weeks. Where are you at?
0: I think it's first. I think it's by design that they don't want to have that one guy from a from a front office aspect, and then also down to a coaching level. Because I think for a front office aspect, hey, if you don't have to pay top dollar for a wide receiver, hey, it's good for your salary cap. And on the actual field level, I think when it comes to receivers having so many options and having to have a team go ahead and try to game plan for get game plan for so many different people and not focus on one guy, I think that definitely that definitely is a benefit for the offense. But the problem is you have to have the right guys and get somebody getting the ball to them. I think when it comes to looking at Fogel, I I wonder if he's one of those guys where he has to be a rhythm receiver, where he has to feel involved early, have a couple passes thrown his way, and if not, he just doesn't get into the game itself. I I it just seems like he's that type of receiver when you see just his hand placement and just route and everything else. I wonder if he's that type of guy. As for the receiver position overall, they were getting, there were some times they were actually getting open. You saw them starting to leak out. You saw them get breaking a zone. Whenever Cleveland did go ahead and actually run a zone. You saw them actually sitting in the zones and setting up. the ball just wasn't getting to them. I, and that goes back to what we talked about beforehand. But I think the way the, this roster is right where The receivers are right now. I have no problem with the way it's being, they're being done. Is they're being used and deployed, and I actually think I think I would continue doing the same way they have. As for Zach Ertz, I would go ahead and still bring him back. I mean, the, and here we, and it goes back once again. That's this is the frustrating part with his team. You see all the pieces that are there. It's like having a car. You have this, I don't want to say Porsche because you're a three win team, but you have this hot this car with so many features and so much horsepower around it, and you have a driver who doesn't know how to throw drive stick. It's really frustrating because I'm I'm sitting there thinking like ahead to weeks ahead, like thinking, wow, if you have Richard T- Rodgers, you have, you, you have Rodgers, you have Goddard, you have Ertz coming back, and then you go ahead you have Sanders running 13 personnel on the goal line. It should be fun. Oh, wait, who's going to throw the ball? Is it going to be picked off? It, I, I have no problem with them coming back on that one too. Sorry, Caleb Wilson, you're not going to stick around anymore. But it, it's one of those things where it's just frustrating. I have no problem with the way they're working people back in. Going to be there's there's going to be only one football, so there's going to be a lot of options, but they just have to go ahead and use that to their advantage to go ahead and make sure nobody, not one person, is is schemed against. I got no problem at all. It's like it's almost the old school West Coast offense way, it's the right thing to do.
1: I think, uh, another guy we really got to talk about is Miles Sanders, who has somehow become a fumbling uh machine, which I fought back against earlier on in the season, but his fumble within the five-yard line on the first drive really set the tone for this game. Uh, the Eagles were driving. Peterson called a great game plan, really honed, honed in on the run, and he just fumbled. He was holding the ball loose. He decided to play the game without gloves for some reason. I don't know really what that was all about, but um, yeah, he fumbled, and, and really it, it cost the offense points. Luckily, the defense... Put together a fourth down stop at the goal line. um, And they were able to kind of negate that turnover, but it still cost them points. You know, Carson Wentz's pick six then led to seven points. And the Eagles went into halftime down seven nothing when they probably could have gone into halftime either at seven seven or seven to three. And, you know, Miles Sanders coughing up the ball is a big deal. Uh, We've talked about it before. You know they've talked about him as a as a workhorse back, but the guy can't stay healthy. Um, the Eagles don't seem to want to use him reg- like in a like a regular every down role. They're not sticking to the run. It's a lot of mixed messaging, and it's almost like they want him to be an every down player when it's convenient, not just in the sake of being an every down player. And I know that sounds kind of confusing, but. I don't know what Miles Sanders is to this team right now. Like he is easily their most dynamic player, but the way this offense play calls for him and the way that he kind of returns the favor with injuries and these, and these really terrible fumbles uh, it's just, it's, it's tough because you don't know if you can invest in him the way you thought you could have entering, you know, training camp.
0: Yeah, and it's funny you mention it. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday night, so Monday you'll be able to read the story I wrote about it about him when it comes to Sanders being a three down back. But I really don't think he is, and that's a that's a, I'm okay with that. It's okay. The Eagles can embrace the fact that he's not a three down back because I, I think for his long one, we all know we've all heard about the life expectancy of a running back and all the wear and tear, the hits they take over his time. You have somebody special on Sanders. You want to preserve him as much as you can. He can still run a th- for a thousand yards and still not be the guy in the offense. They, I think they still have. They I, I still think they can go ahead and roll through Boston Scott. I still think you can still roll through. I prefer to see Elijah Elijah Holyfield be the guy, but you can still add in Corey Clement, or if they ever do, if they do decide to bring Jordan Howard at him as well too. I mean, the Eagles. If you look at what they did last year. By that by that committee, I mean you had their Sproles. Time they were averaging four point three yards a carry when they decided to go ahead and stick with the run, which is very good. And the Eagles can get if the Eagles decide to go back with that. I, I don't know if it's one of those things where they made a promise, say, "Hey, you know what? You're going to be the three down guy heading into this year. We think you're going to be the workhorse back," but it's not working out. And he his I don't know what's going on with his hands. I mean, he had the he's had the drops. He's had. He had five drops this year he has five drops this year so far which is two off his, his two off of what he had last year already and we're still in the middle of the season and he's fumbling the ball I don't know what's going on with this I don't know if it's he he needs to work on his hand placement more it's I, I don't the whole no gloves thing is okay if you make sure you tape your fingers with it that's okay but if you're just wearing no gloves just to wear, no gloves, nah, you, you can't do that. And now, you know, teams, that's on tape now that you're going and fumbling the ball and you're dropping the ball left and right. They're going to go after you no matter what. You become a liability, a la Zeke did uh, earlier this season. So it, it, it's. I don't know why the Eagles feel like they need to have to force him to be the guy the whole entire time, but they need to change that philosophy and they need to change it fast in order to save him.
1: I agree. Um, From a positive standpoint, I know it's kind of hard to do as we hit the 30-minute mark. Um, Look, Alex Singleton, I thought, looked like a legit star linebacker in this game. He played the run very, very well. Um, I thought he was extremely impressive. He had 11 tackles, a sack, and a fumble recovery. He was just everywhere in this game. Um, Really, really looked good. The, the The Eagles defense came into this game with a directive that they had to stop Nick Chubb and um, Kareem Hunt. And I think it was like midway through the third quarter, they held him to 22 yards on 17 carries. Eventually the dam broke because the Eagles defense was on the field way too long and the offense wasn't really paying anything off. Um, who was the guy that really stood out to you in this game?
0: Positive. Well, I think I think Josh Sweat it once again. I think he, he, the, the moves he's – the quickness he's displaying from the outside and getting pressure, I thought that was very great. Those hands. Just, man, he's he's violent. He he plays violent, and that's why I like as well, too. I mean, we, you hear Brandon Graham as a motor. He rushes violently, and I like that because you need to be aggressive when going around that pass rush. But you mentioned Singleton. I thought he played very well, and I personally, I think he's warranted enough to start the rest of the season because as much as the this Jim Schwartz seems to love Nate Gary, you know he's coming back to the starting lineup. So I figure at this point, you might as well put I feel more comfortable if Singleton was covering a linebacker. So I put him at the strong side, have Gary worry about just trying to find the ball at the weak side linebacker, have TJ Edwards be your starting linebacker for the rest of the season. Cause that might be their best, best chance at playing for the linebackers to contribute and continue playing well. But I mean, you give credit was credit is, due, credit is due and Roseman found him. And it was one of the bright spots he's done so far. So he's done well on that one. But I really think getting back to the original point, Josh Sweat, it is looking like he's going to be uh, it's somebody I wouldn't mind having uh, for the next couple of years on your defensive line. How about you? Anybody else stood out for you?
1: Yeah, I will mention Nate Gary is eligible to return from IR this week, just to give you some thoughts on that. Um, But uh, yeah, Isaac Sayamalu. I thought Isaac Sayamalu made this run game hum right at the beginning. Uh, I thought he was getting Great push. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, look, the offensive line didn't do all that well pass blocking, but I didn't really expect them to. Uh, I think Samala made a huge difference in the running game. Massive upgrade over Nate Herbig and Suo uh, and Um Matt Pryor's just not an NFL guard. I, I don't really, I don't really, yeah, that was, that's another one. But um, look, right now we're recording this, you know, at 930 on a Sunday, The Eagles have a half-game lead in the NFC East. I'm Uh,
0: sorry.
1: (laughs) Every team in the NFC East has three wins. The Cowboys beat the Vikings. Washington beat the Bengals. uh, The Giants were on bye. And here's the thing, too. uh, Everybody in the division owns a win over the Eagles except for the Cowboys, and they'll have a rematch in Week 16. If you're one of those fans that really just wants them to get a high draft pick and not win the division, I think you're feeling pretty good about your chances right now. Um, look, I think the Giants have done some really good things. I was really impressed by them last week. Uh, the Cowboys played pretty well against the Vikings today. Um, you know, depending on what you how you feel about the Vikings, and then look, I think Washington's got the best like solo unit in the league in the division, as far as like one side of the ball, they've got the best defense easily. Uh, I think as Alex Smith continues to get more comfortable after the injury and, and continues to, to lead that team, I think they've got a shot too. Um listen, the Eagles want to be division winners for a second consecutive season. And I, and I don't really blame them because it hasn't been done since 2004. So obviously there's that draw but here's the thing if they do want to win the division and keep that stranglehold in the stronghold in the division they need to get they need to beat seattle next week and i don't really think this is a team that can beat seattle so as bad as seattle's defense is i just don't see it uh maybe i'll feel differently later on the week it is a night game as we said uh so the if the eagles feel like vampires still maybe they get that win it's uh, it's a Monday night game, which means that Sunday, you know, they'll be chilling, watching TV and probably watching the Giants. But yeah, I mean, it's their last night game of the season, unless that Washington game really comes down to the wire and, and decides who wins the NFC East, but they have no more, or the, I guess the positive news. Uh, they only have one more one o'clock game. And that's the Washington game. But if, if they're doing well enough to contend, that'll probably be, flex to four o'clock so positives anyway uh chris what are your <laughs> final thoughts on this game oh man
0: uh, remember truffles yeah, yeah truffles. Uh, i didn't see any truffles and it was just everything else that truffles were grown in it really was and oh that was good good job. thank you you set me up you you inspired put it that way oh, okay. but uh when it comes to this it's just you run out of adjectives when it comes to just the way that this team is is thinking. And, and you mentioned Seattle; it is not a way to do that. I mean, don't get me wrong; there's still a way that they can win six wins. I still think they can get. There's a way outside chance they can get to it now. But they, I still think they're going to contend the way just this division. And I still think that it's important that they can. Peterson doesn't lose his team because you still have so many young players in, in important positions along both sides of the line you want to go ahead and not set that expectation up to just give up afterwards so i want to see how doug bounces back and i want to see what these captains do because even one of them keep continues to jump off size brandon Graham continues to jump off size and says we gotta clean stuff up i mean what where do you go from there? It's, it's just bad man what are your final thoughts
1: eight captains three wins uh who cares like seriously like <laughs> i understand. look Leadership is an interesting thing in sports, right? We we make a big deal out of it. But frankly, the leadership here is failing in all regards. Carson Wentz is a leader. Uh, you know, Rodney McLeod didn't look very good in this game. Um, who else is a captain? Duke Riley has uh, made a nice play on special teams. Good for him. Uh, Rudy Ford, or um, Craig James is sidelined on IR. Like, Jason Kelsey is Jason Kelsey and, and Brandon Graham are good leaders. I'm not trying to like discount them, but you got Jason Peters leaving every other play. Like it, it's just at some point accountability needs to be on you. You need to you know we use the phrase look yourself in the mirror. Well, at this point the mirror has so many smudges that it's hard to you're like uh, you ever see Beauty and the Beast where. Like he he's afraid to look in the mirror when because he looks I may be misremembering this wrong but like there's like there's a Disney reference yeah there's a, <laughs> you gotta get one there's like an old mirror and it's like really smudged like that's what it is right now and listen I, look I thought the defense played well I just like they can't put this thing together and frankly if I'm if I'm evaluating coaches I think Jim Schwartz has done a better job this season than Doug Peterson has if I'm looking at individual units like this offense has not been good uh you know you look at at what they've done as a group um i believe off the top of my head hold on i got my handy dandy laptop right in front of me they've eclipsed 30 points zero times this season zero times zero times chris
0: how many times
1: Zero times. I actually did that four. I think I did that four times, but they've eclipsed 30 zero times, you know, Doug Peterson's considered this offensive wizard and and quarterback guru. But I got to tell you when you're, when, when you're uh, points per, points per game looks like this week one, 17, week two, 19, week three, 23, week four, 25, week five, 29, week 6, 28, week 7, 22, week 8, 23, week 10, 17, week 11, 17. Their two highest scoring games are in losses. This is just like, they've also won their games, their three wins. Uh, They've won by um, 20 points combined. Like, this is a team that's just not good. And... You can blame it on roster depth and and money and all that stuff, but frankly, with how well and respected Doug Peterson is, this team is just not performing. And a lot of their top talent is on the field. Like, it, it just... This is the second most expensive roster in the league, and Howie Roseman deserves a ton of blame for the way it's shaped. But you hire a head coach for a reason, and you have a head coach who won a Super Bowl who's been to three consecutive playoff appearances, and this team just has no answers. They're dumbfounded, and frankly it as somebody who's an objective observer who has no skin in the game, just it, it's perplexing to me to try to explain this to an audience when they're searching for answers, because frankly, I don't, it's hard for me to compartmentalize everything that's going on with this team because they are so look, I've covered terrible teams before. I've covered uh, some really bad Jaguars teams. This is a team that thinks it's good. And there's a portion of the fan base that thinks it's good, but in, in truth, they are not very good. And it's, they're only set up by the division because this division's terrible. If this was any other division, we would be doing mock drafts and all this other stuff, and frankly, I'll be doing my first mock draft this upcoming weekend for your delight
0: but quick question uh, I'm sorry, yeah. real quick question. How many times?
1: zero times.
0: Thank you. I just want to <laughs> Um it, it,
1: I, guys, you can uh. Sign up for (laughs) Eagles Extra at nj.com slash text. You can download the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. For Chris, the Truffle King, I'm Mike. (laughs) Uh, We are sorry. Thanks for listening.